cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Coleman Beal, CEO of Bascor. Coleman, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? I'm great, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Excited to, uh, excited to be here and, and be a part of, the, part of the podcast. The early days kind of starting the company, were there hurdles? Were people kind of looking at you saying, Hey, this, we don't think this is really fit? Can you take us through the concepts and the early, the early brainstorming? A journey, journey is um, is a good way to describe it. I mean, you know, in the early days, was, there was no industry, if you will. I mean, there was nobody growing hemp. There was interest in CBD. In fact, when you um, when you when you talked to, when hemp was brought up in the conversation, hemp was equated to, to CBD, if you will. So there was no delineation really between or thoughts, so to speak, between the fiber side of the, uh, the plant and what I call CBD or the consumable side. And so, but as we looked at it, it was really just an idea on, on a sheet of paper. I mean, we looked at existing processing systems overseas in Europe and they were just, I mean, for, for a market that literally didn't exist, there was no way there was any remotely capital available to go purchase those those kind of systems, older technology, if you will. So we really just came up with the idea on the sheet of paper, as I like to say, to develop our own processing. And so we, that's, that's like, like any startup or any company in, a, in, in an industry that doesn't exist. I mean, that was the start of the journey was to build our own um, decorticator or decortication system, if you will. And sketched it out. We built a prototype, right? I mean, we had issues with the prototype and then, you know, built another one. And it's just, it's an iteration, if you will, of, um, of the beginning to, to, to where we are now. Decortification. Can you just give our listeners just a simple version of what that means and kind of the type of process that went into building a piece of equipment like that? Sure. So decortication is the process separating the fibers from the inner core wood or the herd, as we call H U R D, the herd of the um, the herd of the stalk. So you have a stalk that can grow anywhere from eight to I mean I've seen stalks as high as twenty feet tall. I mean that's a little bit on the extreme side, but um, the the decortication process is that is the separation of the fibers off of the stalk, and so the stalks of the plant are the, what we call the bast fiber, B-A-S-T. It's the first part of our name in bast by the inner core wood, right? So um, bast core, and so the fibers are the outer. Think of it like a uh, bark around a tree, if that makes sense. And so um, that separation process is um, is the, in essence what decortication is, and it's very important that you have clean materials, meaning you have fiber free of, of wood and wood free of fiber to be, able to, to be able to use in any type of industrial application. And that's really what our technology that we've developed does is produces really fine, high quality, clean materials for, uh, for different use cases. Do you think there's a difference between sustainability, as you're saying, and let's say sustainability as maybe others in, in the past have used the word? And when you say others in the past, what, what, what do you mean by that? We've had conversations where some people have said that their products are sustainable, and then the guest has kind of pushed back and asked for evidence about it. And there's kind of been like a, it's just kind of a buzzword. But I understand from your perspective, sustainability has a certain meaning. Can you kind of just share what your perspective? Great question. I mean, I definitely think that you have to be careful with using the words. What, yeah, how do you define sustainability, right? And I think one of the things that um, a lot of people don't know is that is that industrial hemp is the number one carbon sequestration plant 
on the planet. And so you can do, we've done some, um, some study or research in the past and where you take all of the, all the farmland here in the United States and in an extreme example, you know, if you converted all of that to industrial hemp, what does that mean for, you know, helping solve the, the U.S. emissions rate? Obviously, we're never going to convert 100%, but you start really getting to pretty significant numbers in terms of, wow, hemp can be a significant contributor towards uh, carbon emissions here, here in the United States and, and even in the world. And so that's just one aspect of sustainability. And then, you, as you were saying, you you start thinking about a completely biodegradable product that actually puts nutrients back into the soil, you know, it's good for soil rotation. I mean, the list just kind of goes, goes on and on. We're sitting here 20 years from now. What does the, the industry look like? I think that uh, 20 years from now, I think that there certainly will be growth in industry. We talked about building materials. I think you'll see a lot more adoption in terms of products like building materials, products like whether it's some type of like a plastics blend. I mean, you're certainly going to see more garments with industrial hemp. I mean, 20 years is enough time for what I'll say existing established supply chains to have kind of gone through that product development process. And so then... So I think that you'll certainly see a lot more products being utilizing industrial hemp. Do I think 20 years from now that the industrial hemp is going to be like the only material that's being used? No, no, right. But uh, but certainly I think that you're going to see a lot more, not only products, I think the consumer is going to be a lot better educated. And I think that in- industries are going to be a lot better, have a lot better education as well. And there's going to be I mean, you mentioned the regulatory stuff. I, I, you know, I think that that will have worked its way out. I mean, look, we've come a long way, not only in the last eight years, but even the last two or three years. I mean, you can only imagine, I mean, how many times I've got the question, I was like, well, can you smoke the clothes that you wear, right? I mean, really, I mean, it's, I mean, um, you get those kind of joking questions. I mean, you know, it's kind of a partial series. Yeah, right. And so, you know, I don't really get that so much. I mean, every once in a while, but I don't really hear that anymore, you know? So, that to me just shows you kind of like more of the mindset of acceptance of, oh, you know, hemp is, hemp is marijuana, right? right? And so that that delineation has definitely happened, right? And I think that's only, so you kind of get over that 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 hurdle and now you can have serious conversations with, with serious people about like, how do we make this work, right? And so 20 years from now, I think all that is behind us, right? And so now it's like, we've got real product going to the market. We've got some cool, exciting projects. What is one fact or statistic about the industrial hemp industry or market that most wouldn't know? I've already I would have touched on the um, the, the the CO two carbon carbon sequestration. I've already touched on that. I mean, I would I would kind of go back to that. I mean, that that's normally a stat that that, that causes people to really pause and think when we when we're talking about industrial hemp is um, you know going on that sustainability theme is how not only beneficial for the soil and for the farmers, but also its ability to clean up the atmosphere. What's the most misunderstood thing about the industrial hemp industry? I would say that the most misunderstood thing about the industrial hemp industry is that not all hemp is created equal. What is a feature request that you get often that you will never build? Well, I can tell you one of the more um, unique, uh, how does that sound? We, um, we have had requests for, um, for hair, um, or, or I can give you another one. Um, we ha- we did have a request um, one time for um, offshore um, coffins for funerals for the biodegradable. You know, they were thinking of yeah. sustainable biodegradable. So I, I can I feel confident that that's not a market that we will be. Uh, you don't think it's got a big enough tan? 
I don't know. There you go. When you started your journey in this space, what did you get right? And most importantly, what did you get wrong? I think identifying the need for processing and developing our decortication technology is something that we've certainly gotten, gotten right and we've gotten really good at. Places where we've gone wrong, places where we've uh, really certainly had our learnings. I, I would say in hindsight, I mean, I go back to talking about, um, about market development. I think that... Um, we talked about the 30,000 different use cases, right? I think early on, our, there was kind of more of the thinking of, well, you can, you know, that we did have so, even though we've been focused on apparel, it's like, oh, we produced the fiber. You know, there's this great story. This industry can use it. This industry can use it. This industry can use the material. And just, and just understanding, okay, it's not going to work here or it's not going to work here. And just really having to, fo- you know, have a focus on your product and what you want to target, I think is, you know, in our early days, that's probably places that we, um, you know, we may have not gotten exactly right, so to speak. And I think we certainly had our learnings there. Before we do predictions, we ask all of our guests, if you could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass onto the next generation, what would it be? You know, I think uh, somebody said this to me one time, and I think it is very true, is that, is that um, when you're starting a business, there's going to be challenges along the way. And, you know, there are going to be challenges that you can't foresee. All right, prediction time. Coleman, in what year do we see the biggest unlocking of industrial hemp's potential? And what or where will it happen? I think the unlocking of industrial hemp's potential, you will really start to see that accelerate. I'm going to say in 2024. So Coleman, for our listeners, they want to get in touch and they want to learn more. Where can they find you? Bascord.com. Our contact information is there. Feel free to check out the website. Check us out on social media. If there's any uh, any questions or interest in uh, what we're doing, feel free to reach out. Awesome. Awesome. We'll, well link it up in the show time. Time. Thanks so much, Jacob. Thank you. Yep. Have a great day. Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the last few years, can you please take three minutes or less and leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify? All reviews make a massive difference for us and help other people like you find this podcast. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms Podcast. I started the Pop Moms Podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.